Hello and welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast with AP and Trey. I'm AP. He is Willie Trey. Wheeler, how you doing today, sir? I'm good. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, ready to get into it. So we're gonna kick it off. It was Pro Bowl week. Um and one of the things that was really interesting to me was the Pro Bowl has become, in my opinion, a whole lot more fun. Like since they moved it to the Pro Bowl games and they added the volley, the dodgeball, the tug of war. This year they did the um gridiron, like pushing the cart thing. And like all of the players just look like they're having so much fun. And it, it has made, in my opinion, the Pro Bowl seem so much better than it used to be. Um, I was listening to Bomani's podcast the other day. And he was like, he thinks the league would want to wants to get rid of the Pro Bowl, but it's one of those things where people keep watching so they can't get rid of it because it makes money. And I was like, I feel like they want the Pro Bowl because it in it creates a place where I think the players want the Pro Bowl because I saw a graphic where there are like 89 players who made more from the Pro Bowl than their average game chick. Ouch. Not in a bad way, but like what the one that surprised me was Amon Ra. Amon Ra St. Brown's Pro Bowl chick was like $3,000 more than his uh, regular game chick. Mind you, $80,000 times 16. 17 is still a lot of money. Well, that's going to change because eventually he's finna get paid. Absolutely. Rather well. <laughs> um, so, I question for you is, how do you feel about the Pro Bowl games and where we are with the Pro Bowl? From the little bit that I did see, I was, I do come with the same sentiments that you have that the Pro Bowl players, the participants were actually having fun. Uh, you didn't have to like put on pads, put on a helmet, and like play pretend football, so to speak. And then you have the players that didn't know how to play pretend football. Like Ryan Clark had mentioned, like when he first got there, he didn't know what to do because he was still halfway, he was still playing at full speed. And when he made a tackle, he was asked, like, dude, what are you doing? And so we've taken the element out and we've actually put our brains to use and provided, like you said, the Pro Bowl games. Uh, the dodgeball is really fun, really competitive to watch. The quarterback accuracy competition was really good. Even the cent- like the, the centers hiking the ball into different holes to get different po- to get a uh, different point amounts. It was really fun and really nice to look at. And like you said, the most important thing they were having fun. And the flag football game, everybody's at ease. Like, it's going to get competitive because, I mean, these are some of the most competitive people in the world. But I think the Pro Bowl, like, they should just continuously keep it as is. Maybe, like, add or take away some games or some events, but never go back to what it was. Never go back to that. Just keep doing what they're doing. It's working. I honestly don't care if they want to get rid of it or not so to speak, but I do believe they, for you to be one of the big four, as in one of the big four professional sports leagues here in America, you have to have some type of all-star festivities. You have to. You can't just get rid of it altogether. So that being said, I enjoyed the little bit that I did see. 
and I hope it continues. And like we talked about, like, it seems like the players are actually having fun, and that's the most important part. Yeah, I, I think that one of the big things <laughs> is I think the players would revolt if they tried to take it away because it's a basically a free vacation with pay. Like, why would I why would I want you to take that away from me? Like, it's not Hawaii anymore, but we get to go to Disney World. Why would I want you to take that away from me? Um, I did see a post that was like, should they go back to the old format, get rid of it all together, or keep it the way it is? And I was like, keep it the way it is. Like, it's fun. And I think that moving into something that's kind of interesting is I think it will lead the way for um, – 2028 when the olympics are in in america and they are trying to do flag football as a one of the sports and so it would it's kind of getting americans in the mindset of flag football and if they let the nfl players play in no football no 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 willie willie we thought it was bad with American football, American basketball, and the way that Team USA is always supposed to win. The, ain't nobody going to have a chance. It's not fair. I mean, we've talked about how, like, even in, like you said, even in basketball, like, Team USA is, not, is now sending the Avengers. That may not be the Avengers in their prime, but they're sending the Avengers now. Black football... I think we should send the Avengers, like full blown the Avengers. In fact, swap them out with some villains too. Willie, I'm supposed to tell you something that's going to like really change things for you. So you know the um skill the quarterback accuracy challenge. Yeah. Did you see who did it? And even though he hasn't played in years, was still able to actively, uh, like, do a great job at the uh, accuracy challenge. That's why we cannot send the Avengers. That is why, because I saw it. We don't, like, I don't know if other countries understand what could happen if we just decided to do it. Because oh. we're, we're talking about flag football here. Who is cover? I, I'm not going to go that far. Who's covering Chris Olave? No, no, Who? no, no. We're not dropping down that far. So I want to say that for those listening, it was Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky, the ESPN analyst who has not been on an active roster in almost at least five years, if not more, hit almost Every target on the QB accuracy challenge. And so, no, Willie, you're not going to go all the way down to Chris Olave. We're going to go ahead and put it out there. Who's covering Tyreek Hill? Why we got to go that far? Because you said we was going to send the Avengers. Who's going to cover Tyreek Hill? I don't know. A a plumber from Saskatchewan? Who's gonna cover Jamar Chase? I, I so you so you mean to tell me you're asking the plumber from Italy to cover Jamar Chase? It, 
It don't even got to be a plumber. It could be one of their higher class athletes. It's still Jamar Chase. Um, I'm not even worried about that side. How you gonna be, how you gonna beat Pat Sertain in man to man coverage? How you gonna do it? How, how you gonna beat Minka or Darwin? Um, Darwin Kyle can't Hamilton. play. Darwin cannot play. Darwin is banned. I mean, yeah. Fred Warner is banned. Yeah. Roquan Swift is banned. I feel like Roquan could could play. Roquan would hit somebody. But he's not gonna hit him as hard as Fred. Fred gonna spear him. Oh, by the way, Drake Dre Greenlaw is banned too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. They're banned. So, I mean, we won't really have any coverage linebackers. Do we need it? No, because, like, keep Kyle Hamilton, Minka Fitzpatrick. Think about it. You're going to have Sauce on one side, Hamilton <laughs> on the other side. You you got Kyle Hamilton that can play any DB, any position on the field, not named lineman. Minka just back there. Ooh, I'll play free safety. I'm just back here. I'm just back here. La, la, la. Like, no. No. And then, let's be real. Somebody, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but somebody is going to try to run a nine route on Tyreek Woolen. Yeah. Um. So, Willie, what about this? We're not going to send Fred or Roquan or Dre. What about Devin White? And Demario no. Davis and Matt Milano. No, we can't. <laughs> we can't send them eat. That's the problem. But wait, wait, Willie. You also get <laughs> at least one pass rusher. No, we don't need a pass rusher. <laughs> we don't need a pass rusher. What is the the quarterback from Russia gonna do when TJ Watt is looking at him. I don't well, it's, unfortunately it's gonna be another day in the life for TJ Watt because he ain't gonna get blocked. He's not. But like, what do you do with that? Like what <laughs> he gonna throw he's gonna throw the ball in a panic and then one of those DBs gonna come down with it. And then they're going to lateral it for fun and take it back for six. I don't think, like, dude, it's going to be like 97 to zero. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't include, you know, we we didn't even talk about sending Pat or Joe or no, Josh no. or Lamar. No. I almost want to send, like, a baby quarterback. Like, Bryce Young, you think that's going to be better? No, no. Send Drake May. Send him. Send, send Caleb Williams. Send him. Do that. Yeah. I, I am really excited about the prospect of all of this. And so with, once we get more info on what is actually going to happen, we are going to definitely have to go come back to this conversation because it's just fun speculating about how how horrible they are going to destroy any and everybody. Because, really, we didn't even talk about the fact that like you have to grab the flag, and that means they have a little bit less lateral motion. But it's also you fist to get crossed by, like Saquon. Saquon Barkley is gonna jump over somebody. Um, Brees Hall, 
Derrick Henry is also banned because somebody gonna get hurt. No, you can't send Derrick Henry. CMC. You can send CMC. He gonna break like seventeen ankles. Man, no, we we can't. No, dude, we gonna run a sweep with Devin Arcane, and they ain't gonna be able to touch him. Nope, not at all. Literally, won't be able to touch him. So now that we've talked about the Pro Bowl games and how we feel about it, Willie, last week we we talked about the coaches that did not get hired. So I kind of want to go through the ones who did get hired this cycle and just kind of give some thoughts on them. Raheem Morris got hired by the Falcons. Do you care? Because I don't. I care because I want to know how he got that job. Nothing against him. It one of those like, really? Okay. I mean, maybe he interviewed Will. I'm not sure. I don't know. I have no idea. It it was like, eh. He was the interim coach after Dan Quinn. They let him walk. So wait, 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 wait. We spinning the block? Yes. We we spinning the the block with, with you know, the not girlfriend? We spin the block with the rebound? That's what we doing? Yes. Okay, don't care no more. I mean, from what it sounds like, and everyone who's talked about him, he was he was someone that people believed in as a head coach. It just didn't work out. And they when they let him walk, they were like, oh, we're going to get Arthur Smith. And we see how that worked out. I didn't understand that concept at all, but that's just me. Yeah. Brian Callahan with the Titans. This is another <laughs> one that I was just like, so – when I heard about it, and I was like, "Who? well, who is Brian Callahan? It was like, he's an offensive coordinator for the Bengals. I was like, do we care about, like, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals? Like, there is nothing about the Bengals that made – over the course of the past four years since – um, who is the Bengals head coach? Zach Taylor. Since Zach Taylor has been there. At any point, did you feel like the – Bengals offensive, like I ain't never heard this man's name because of who Zach Taylor is and it being Zach Taylor's system. But also, I didn't care. Like their offense has net at no point been so dynamic outside of the fact that they have, you know, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon for me to be like, oh, yeah, you're a really good offensive coordinator. <sighs> really, AP? Yes. I need you to break it down for me because I, I need help. I'm getting tired of you asking me to defend stuff. Um, One day I'm going to have you defend something that you don't like. But today ain't that day. Um, I understand why you went this route. You have a young quarterback. You do have an offensive coordinator that made Jake Browning think he's an actual starter in the NFL. Granted, you did have weapons across the board. Literally all the way across the board. In fact, if Pat Mahomes had your weapons, I don't think they would have lost the game. But that's neither here nor there. You're pairing a young quarterback with a young offensive mind that has shown that he can't put points on the board. I'm more concerned about the fit, though, to be totally honest. I'm actually intrigued by this one. The Bengals historically run a 4-3. The Titans don't and haven't ran a 4-3 in ages. So what is, is he going to flip what he does, or, is he, or are they going to flip the roster to what he wants to do? Okay, can I stop you for a second? Keep going. Uh, so two things. First off, um, 
I agree with the idea of a young offensive mind. The problem that I have is it's what we haven't had is a situation similar to Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy or Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson. At no point has anyone talked about Brian Callahan and his system. It has solely been Zach Taylor. And so that's why I have more questions about him because when I heard that he had gotten hired, I was like, who is that? I have, like, it's not like we don't hear offensive coordinators' names anymore. Like, if you're a good offensive coordinator, we're going to know who you are. We have not heard about this man at all. And so that's that part of it. In terms of the fit, I honestly do not believe that the offensive coordinator for a team like the Bengals is going to try and implement any type of defensive scheme. I think that moving into the head coach's role, I feel like he will more likely than not defer to what is already there before trying to completely change a system. So that's why I don't like, I I understand your question of, is he going to change the system? I don't feel like in general, when we see offensive coaches hired, we see defensive schemes changed. That ain't the only problem I have with the fit though. Okay. Cincinnati, correct me if I'm wrong, JP. If their offense is more very quick passing intermediate throws, then occasionally take a shot downfield. Does that even come close to fitting the profile of Will Levis at all? No, not at all. We're not going to say our phrase on here, but uh, Will Levis' profile and his play style is almost the complete opposite of that. And so I'm concerned about that fit as well. The defense and yeah, mainly the quarterback and scheme fit. How is this going to work? But I will say I'm more intrigued about this than I am anything about Atlanta spinning the block with the rebound. Yeah, yeah. Um, Antonio Pierce, we kind of knew. We expected it to happen. I think I didn't. it was... <laughs> I didn't. I expected it, like, I expected them to not be stupid, but I did believe they would be stupid. No, I, I I bet it on them being stupid. It's fair because it's the Raiders and they're stupid. Uh, but I am intrigued on, I will say this, this might be the most, I don't know how much draft capital they have offhand, but I will say this might be the most important first round pick in about 25 years for them. This might be the most important draft for them in about 25 years because now there's hope. There's hope. And you, if you swing and miss on this draft, if you somehow find a way to not come out with a quarterback or your quarterback is hot, the one you pick is hot garbage, because odds are, unfortunately, with all these quarterbacks coming out, somebody's going to be hot garbage. You have set the, you have set your franchise back a they're, while. Bro, they're screwed. Where are they picking? 13. Oh, crap. Next. Next. Mm, nope. Next. We. Mm-mm. The only thing I can honestly see them doing is possibly trading into the top 10. And at that point, 
your your choices are going to be JJ, Bo, or Penix. Ooh. Well, if, okay. I will tell you what I if I was someone else, what I would do. And it, it goes into the next court next coach that I was gonna mention, but I would push for this just to throw everything out, mess everything up. If I was the Patriots, I would call them and say, I want this year's first first at 13, I want this year's second, and I want two more firsts. And you can be at the, you can have a third pick. But they well, but they need a quarterback. Yeah, they allegedly. I'll be honest with you. There is nothing about the quarterback class this year that makes me feel like the Patriots should actually take a quarterback at three. Due to time, we may have to get into that later. That's right. Um, I'm happy for Gerard Mayo. I think that it'll work out. I think he will bring a different side and a different thought process. Honestly, I think the biggest reason why Gerard Mayo will have success is because he will no longer be the um, – he won't be the GM. And so as long as he's not the GM and they can he can work with the GM to get in better pieces, I think he'll do fine. I don't expect him to like ever reach the heights of Belichick. I think it is completely unfair for anyone to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna go, we want somebody to achieve Belichick. Like it ain't happening. So what are your thoughts on Mayo? In a bad spot. Because you're the guy after the guy. And then on top of that, your roster is absolute dog crap on the offensive end. Defensively, you got Christian Gonzalez come back. Matthew Judon comes back, even though he's a little old in the tooth. Uh, the defense was still, from what I saw, rather productive. Like, the defense is there. Like, it has a bunch of no names on it, lack of a better term, but the defense is there. And I don't know, uh, has he even hired an offensive coordinator yet? No, not sure. Okay, see, that's very, very important. Very so who he picks is I think that'll tell us the direction of what type of offense he wants to run. And the fact he hasn't picked one yet tells me one or two things. Either one, he's really waiting on somebody in particular, he's really mulling over a couple people, or B, nobody wants to go there. And I hope it's not B. No, he has hired an offensive coordinator. Home. Oh. Alex Van Pelt. Who is that? No clue. Where'd he come from? Hold on a second. He was with the Browns. He's been uh, with the Browns for the entire Stefanski run. Okay. I think that's a sneaky good hire. I'm glad you think so. I mean, think about what the Browns have run. Like, what do they? Generally a two-back set that, like, they they got the most out of Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford, Nick Chubb when he comes back. I know that neither of us is a big Ramondre Stevens fan, but you still have Ramondre. You have Zeke. Like, they have some of the starting blocks to move forward. It'll be really interesting to see what they do because if they go with, oh, ooh, Willie, go with me here. You don't draft a quarterback in the first round. Okay. You, you pick Marvin Harrison Jr. You take this year to, like, you keep Bailey Zappi. Because we, we can't trot out their Mac Jones again, right? 
No, you can't try Mac Jones out there again. Can we really try out Bailey Zappi? Yes, you can. Because so we, draft, we draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Keep going. And you, like, too often, and we, me and you have talked about this, people want to go with, oh, we have to get our, our guy now. When, realistically, I, I don't see Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, or J.J. McCarthy coming in and being the transformational type player that these coaches, like, that the organization wants. Just wait a year and figure out if, like, see what you have for next year um, and see what you can do because it may be a situation where you go get a veteran quarterback. You go get Kirk Cousins. You go get somebody like that that will, like, can come in and just kind of stabilize you for a couple of years. At this point, I don't think the Patriots are looking to, like, have a high level of success. They just don't want to be trash anymore. I'll say this. It's very unlikely. I'm going to follow you on this since you said veteran. It's very unlikely. There is a way you could shake some up. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. You build up the rest of your offense, the rest of the draft. And by some odd miracle, the Dallas Cowboys lose 10 games this season. There's your quarterback. Bruh. I had turned away and was getting a drink. <laughs> and then you said Dallas Cowboys lose 10 games. And I turned back like, oh, wait a minute. Whew, I felt that. I felt it. Oh. There's your quarterback. Because if we, I'll, be, I'll be honest. If we, if we lose 10 games this season, which the schedule does say that's very possible, you can't bring back Dak next year. But Dak can go to another team and start. Just throwing that out there. I want to say this. Um, I honestly do believe that um, if you if you let Dak go, y'all are screwed. Like, there's the likelihood that y'all get any, any level of production, production similar to Dak in the next three or five years is really, really low. I'm not – Let's say if it happens, whoever we bring in, I don't expect us to have that level of quote-unquote success, but also our level of success has kind of like, unless there is a complete offensive renaissance or offensive change in mentality and defensively as well, like a whole cultural reset, we've reached far as we're going to go. Time to turn the page. I mean, with y'all meeting the offensive renaissance, I I agree with you that what y'all are doing does not necessarily work, but it's led to regular season success. And that's one of the things like we've talked about it multiple times. There's so much emphasis put on Super Bowl that people don't necessarily like it's the James Harden problem of we don't care about what you do in the regular season anymore. But particularly with the NFL, you 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 should look at how good you've been in the regular season and not let that determine how you move forward. But it is how how often people it is. It is what determines how people move forward. For me personally, like, yes, like the standard should be a ring for an organization like us, but we're, we're not that first-class organization. 
we're a first class money getting organization. And so we have that, but from a cultural and a football winning perspective, no, we're not a first class organization anymore. And also for me, it's the going out sad in the playoffs. Yeah. You're going out sad. You're going out. It's the, it's, it's the way you're going out. Yeah, like I feel like if y'all lost in the way that um, I'm trying to figure out who didn't go out sad this year. That's the problem. Almost everybody did. Uh, sure. When you lost, you went out sad. Like, if you want to say Green Bay 49ers, okay, fine, but here's the problem. You weren't supposed to lose to Green Bay Packers anyway. So even if you did play them tooth and nail and you went out on a last second field goal, it wasn't supposed to be that close. On paper, allegedly, it wasn't supposed to be that close. But yet, here we are. And there were some other coaches that we'll get into at a later time. But before we run out of time, it is Super Bowl week. We got to look at what we think is going to actually happen. Um, So, Willie, I want your winner, MVP, and score. Winner, score, MVP. Kansas City wins. Pacheco is the MVP. Mm, 37-25. Nice. Nice. I got Kansas City winning as well. I'm going to throw you a curveball. Chris Jones MVP. Ooh. And score is 31-28. So, that is all the time we have this week for the All Purpose NFL Podcast. We are on social media as well as all podcasting platforms. And and as always, have a good one.